Hello there, my name is Brad. We are Grace Teaching today. What did the Apostle Peter mean when he said, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. <clears throat> First of all, the great enemy in the Greek language means the accuser, the accuser of the brethren. Where does he work today? Well, he's going to work on the mind, you see. And so we have to remember that uh, if you take a look at um, chapter, Romans chapter 5, 6, 7, and 8, I have counted 28 times sin is a noun. Okay, now think about that. Sin, Paul is describing sin as a noun. Okay, and so what this is, is the, uh, the noun from Satan. Satan, he has a tool. And that tool is called sin. Now we know that in the Old Covenant, um, we read and it says, Sin is crouching at your door. Okay, sin is crouching at your door. And so, and you must master it. Um, and so again, sin there is in the noun. Going back to the Old Covenant, remember Cain and Abel? Cain was persuaded, enticed, and tempted, and took things into his own hands by the power of sin. Now, in Romans 6, 18, it tells us this. Paul says, you have been set free from sin. Notice sin is a noun in this context. You have become slaves to right living, or your translation might read righteous living for righteousness okay so when we read scriptures from the apostle paul he's saying you have been set free from sin he's talking about the power of sin you see we're dead to the power of sin okay we're, we're, we're alive to jesus christ and the grace of god now is teaching us how to live upright godly lives in the last days okay and so we want to of course get the context there but again Sin is a noun in that context. And so when the uh, power of sin comes, it's remember it's in the mind. The Apostle Paul wrestled with the power of sin. In fact, he said this. He said, now if I do the things that I hate, it's no longer I who do them, but it's sin living in me that does them, you see. And so what's happening here? Again, in the context there, Paul, the Apostle Paul is describing sin as a noun. So he's being persuaded, enticed, and tempted, and then he's taking things into his own hands, living from the flesh, you see. And so when the power of sin comes into the mind, remember the power of sin is going to speak in those first singular pronouns, I, me, and so on, okay, mine, and so I would be happy if I had that person in my life, or I would be happy if they would just treat me this certain way. See, remember that the enemy wants us to take things into our own hands and live independent lives. And so remember, we are slaves to righteousness. That means we are slaves to the one person, Jesus Christ. He, lived, he died for us so he could give his life to us, so he could transmit his life through us. Thank you.
Hello there, my name is Brad. We are Grace teaching here today. Marriage is a hard right to maturity. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Whether you're married, Christian, or a single Christian, remember, maturity is dependency on Christ. Okay, in the Christian marriage, though, is what we're talking about. The Lord Jesus is our love. That spiritual need met now in Christ um, happens at conversion. That's right. We are fulfilled with that unconditional love need that has been met in Christ. And so we don't need to pull that from each other. And so now there will be no... um, frustrated couples out there because, you know, a a couple gets frustrated when they have those expectations at the beginning of the marriage and what happens is they find out that that spouse of theirs is not able to meet that need. Well, that's not a physical need, although the mind tells us it is. That is a spiritual need met already in Christ. And so can you imagine a Christian couple getting together and expecting to pull unconditional love from each other. And, uh, you know, it'd be like two ticks and no dog. Well, you can do the math on that. Two ticks get together without a dog and they just suck the life out of each other. Okay, ticks need dogs. And so Jesus is our unconditional love. One thing my spouse does not do is she does not come to me for unconditional love because that's met in her in Christ. Same goes for me. Personally, my spiritual need for unconditional love is met in Christ. So I always go there for that need. Okay, the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 7.28, he says this, But those who get married will have many troubles in life. Why do you suppose that is? Why do you suppose there's going to be many troubles if you get married? Well, it's in the next verse. In uh, 1 Corinthians 7.29, because the Apostle Paul is going to say, now those who are married um, live as if you're not, you see. And so what he's talking about is finding your contentment in Christ alone. Another word for contentment is happiness. Find your happiness in the person of Christ, okay? And so not your spouse, okay? And so that's why um, he's saying there's going to be many troubles in the Christian life, in the the marriage, the Christian marriage. Okay, remember, uh, marriage is maturity. Um, And so it's a hard right dependency on Christ. Okay, the Apostle Paul is going to tell us in Colossians um, 3, 18 and 19. He starts off in verse 18. That's Colossians 3, 18. He says, wives, follow the lead of your husbands. That's what the Lord wants you to do. Now, wives out there, you're hearing this and you're like, what? Follow the lead of my husband? You know, um, that's going to be difficult, especially if you're the breadwinner in the bunch. Okay, but this is what the Lord wants you to do. So what's going to happen here is Paul, the Apostle Paul, has given us our need for dependency on Christ. So wives, you're going to see your need for dependency on Christ to follow the lead of your husband. Okay, 
Of course, he's, if he's leading you into a ditch, of course you don't want to follow his lead then. But if he's trusting the Lord to lead him, then of course you want to trust the Lord to follow the lead of your husband. Um, that's what the Lord wants you to do. Now, husbands, um, love your wives and don't be mean to them. When Paul says love your wives, remember what love is, folks. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is not easily angered. Love keeps no records of wrongs. Love never fails. And love keeps no records. Love endures through every circumstance of life. That's what loving your wives looks like. And of course, to love your wives, it's going to be lived from the life-giving spirit of Christ. Dependence on him. You see? So finding happiness or contentment in Christ is uh, is what it's all about here. In 1 Corinthians 7.29, we read Paul here. He says, Brothers and sisters, what I mean that the time is short from now on, those who have husbands or a wife should live as if they do not. So that's all he's saying there is, you know, we find our completeness in Christ. Um, my truth sets me free. My truth won't set my wife free. Her truth sets her free, you see. And so we don't cling to each other. We don't depend on each other. We point each other to Christ, okay? And so iron sharpens iron. That's what we want to do in our marriages is point each other to Jesus Christ. Remember, the focal point of all Scripture by choice and design is going to point us to Jesus Christ. So we want to point our spouses to him. Remember the triangle of marriage. If you take a triangle and you take the husband and wife and you put them at the bottom of the triangle and uh, you say you put God at the top of the triangle, what happens when you take the spouses, the husband and the wife, and you move them closer to dependence on God? Well, of course, they're going to become, um, they're going to get closer. You see how that's going to work? The husband and wife will get closer to each other. But notice, they're not looking at each other. They're looking at God. Okay. So that's important. Um, And that's called the marriage triangle. Um, And so we want to, uh, you know, even as single people, you know, um, personally speaking, I was single for 17 years as a Christian. And uh, something I learned was contentment is found Um, as a single. That's right. I don't get married to get complete. That's something the enemy will often tell the single Christian. If, you know, if I, if I was just married, I'd be complete. No, you wouldn't because you would be frustrated because that need is met in Christ. Colossians 2.10, the apostle Paul said, and you are complete through your union with Christ. So you don't get married to get complete. We're already complete. See, And so we have something to give into the marriage, not take away from the marriage, okay? That's why it's important to understand the love language. Um, I highly recommend, we highly recommend here uh, reading the five love languages. That's a very good book. Um, We're not promoting the book, but that's a book we read in our marriage that helps us understand each other's love language. Okay, and that's the way we tell each other that we love each other. Um, Okay, so it's important to understand your mates or your spouse's love language. Um, So, you know, this is a a single. Like uh, like I was saying, I was single Christian for 17 years. 
Um, I'm reading from 1 Corinthians 7, um, verse 32 through 35, where the Apostle Paul says this about the single man. A single man is concerned about the, the Lord's matters. He wants to know what he or how he can please the Lord. In other words, that's, that's his only focus. Um, you see, he doesn't have a spouse. He's single. And so he's completely 100% devoted to the Lord and how to please the Lord. And so how do you please the Lord if you're single? Well, you make your body available for him. Um, the Apostle Paul says this in um, Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I, I beseech you before there brethren by the mercies of God that you offer your bodies as living sacrifices which is your holy and pleasing spiritual act of worship so we want to make ourselves available okay for the Lord if we're single and what he wants to do is live his life through us and we participate with him now as we're one with him single women if you're a Christian you're a single woman um, you're going to be concerned about the Lord's matters period um, you're going to want to serve the Lord with both body and spirit. Um, that's what Paul is saying. Um, and so, but married Christian women, it, it's different from, he says, but a married um, Christian woman is concerned about the matters of the world. And she wants to know how she can please her husband. And so she finds out how she can please him. Okay, a husband um, also a Christian uh, husband um, must also love his wife. Remember what the character of love is. Love is going to be kind and patient. It's not going to be easily angered. It's not going to keep records of wrongs. It's never going to fail. It's going to endure through every circumstance of life. Okay? He must love her just as he loves himself. And a wife must respect her husband. Okay, so respect and love is huge in the marriage. And so, of course, the man requires respect. And the wife um, is going to expect love from the husband. Um, But those are the two biggies there. And, of course, they're going to require dependency on Christ to accomplish that. Okay, and so... And obedience benefits us, by the way. You know, it builds us up. It's not for the other person. Um, So respect from the wife towards the husband is actually for the wife's benefit. So wives, if you're listening there, um, if you respect your husband, um, you know, and find out what that means and what that looks like, how can you know learn how to respect your husband and when you do that that will benefit you okay um same goes for the husband husbands you know speaking to myself here um loving our wives um is going to benefit us and so that's for our benefit okay so obedience benefits us okay um so when we think about respect um, or respectful living, um, we think about being kind and patient. We endure through uh, tough times. Um, we also remember each other's love language. Um, your love language, um, women, might not be the same 
as your husband's love language. So it's important to learn what each other's love language is. Um, build each other up instead of tearing each other down. Um, my wife says, you know, uh, a bee is much more attracted to honey than vinegar. Okay, making a point there that uh, she doesn't like it when I'm unkind towards her. That just won't work. Okay. Um, um, husbands, um, you know, it's, uh, that's uh, one thing our wives will respond to is kindness and love. That's, in fact, that's, I believe, the only thing our wives will respond to is love. Okay. Um, so don't tear down and, and, um, you know, the way you, wives, the way you respect your husbands, of course, um, when either, you know, when he's there or even more importantly, when he's not there. Practice his presence, okay? Sometimes some, some women in their marriages, they don't even practice their husband's presence while he is still there in their presence. You know, it's like they speak as if he's not even there. That's very disrespectful. Okay, don't expect your husband to love you if you're not going to respect him. And, and so, husbands, if we don't love our wives, we can't expect them to respect us, you know. And the thing about it is, Satan's not dead. He's out there in the world. He's, he's out to steal, kill, and destroy marriages. That's what he's out to do. And uh, Jesus even talked about this in John 10. 10, he says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so remember, the enemy, he's out there to tear marriages apart. Wives, if you don't learn how to respect your husband, and that's only going to be through dependency on Christ, then Satan will make sure he brings a woman to your husband that will respect him. And she will tell him everything he wants to hear. Okay? And it will pull him away from you. Very important. Husbands, speaking to myself, if I don't learn how to depend on Christ to love my wife, guess what's going to happen? Satan will bring somebody that will love her. Okay? And so that's the way the enemy is going to work. He's going to tear marriages apart that way. And he's not dead. Remember that. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So, remember, the Christ life is what we're talking about. We live from the life-giving Spirit of Christ to bear His character. That is maturity. Okay, and remember our spouse's love language. My wife's love language is completely different than mine. And so I want to make sure I go through the day and try to, you know, accomplish this by God's grace, um, fulfilling her love language. Okay. And so it could be um, service. It could be um, time spent together. It could be... um, gifts, you know, everybody's love language is different. Um, And so remember, love, the character of love is kind. It's patient. It's it's not easily angered. It doesn't keep records of wrongs. Um, Love endures through every circumstance, and love will never fail. And so be encouraged. Remember, Christian maturity um, marriage is the Christian marriage is maturity. So watch out for the right turn or the left. Excuse me, the left turn to comfort. That's right. Satan will p- 
put a left turn oftentimes in marriage when God is moving the couple to dependency on Christ and it'll look like comfort, you know? And so beware, be aware of the comfort, the comfortable left turn when God is moving the Christian couple to the right called maturity. And so marriage is maturity, okay? And maturity is dependency on Christ. Thank you. This has been Marriage Theology 101 from Brad. Hello there. My name is Brad. We are Grace Teaching here today. Marriage is a hard right to maturity. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Whether you're married, Christian, or a single Christian, remember, maturity is dependency on Christ. Okay, in the Christian marriage, though, is what we're talking about. The Lord Jesus is our love. That spiritual need met now in Christ um, happens at conversion. That's right. We are fulfilled with that unconditional love need that has been met in Christ. And so we don't need to pull that from each other. And so now there will be no um, frustrated couples out there because, you know, a, a couple gets frustrated when they have those expectations at the beginning of the marriage. And what happens is they find out that that spouse of theirs is not able to meet that need. Well, that's not a physical need, although the mind tells us it is. That is a spiritual need met already in Christ. And so can you imagine a Christian couple getting together and expecting to pull unconditional love from each other? And, uh, you know, it'd be like two ticks and no dog. Well, you can do the math on that. Two ticks get together without a dog and they just suck the life out of each other. Okay, ticks need dogs. And so Jesus is our unconditional love. One thing my spouse does not do is she does not come to me for unconditional love because that's met in her in Christ. Same goes for me personally. My spiritual need for unconditional love is met in Christ. So I always go there for that need. Okay, the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 7.28, he says this, But those who get married will have many troubles in life. Why do you suppose that is? Why do you suppose there's going to be many troubles if you get married? Well, it's in the next verse. In uh, 1 Corinthians 7.29, because the Apostle Paul is going to say, Now those who are married um, live as if you're not. You see? And so what he's talking about is finding your contentment in Christ alone. Another word for contentment is happiness. Find your happiness in the person of Christ. Okay? And so, not your spouse. Okay? And so that's why um, he's saying there's going to be many troubles in the Christian life, in the, in the marriage, the Christian marriage. Okay, remember, uh, marriage is maturity. Um, And so it's a hard right dependency on Christ. Okay, the Apostle Paul is going to tell us in Colossians um, 3.18 and 19, he starts off in verse 18. That's Colossians 3.18. 
He says, wives, follow the lead of your husbands. That's what the Lord wants you to do. Now, wives out there, you're hearing this and you're like, what? Follow the lead of my husband? You know, um, that's going to be difficult, especially if you're the breadwinner in the bunch. Okay, but this is what the Lord wants you to do. So what's going to happen here is Paul, the Apostle Paul, has given us our need for dependency on Christ. So wives, you're going to see your need for dependency on Christ to follow the lead of your husband. Okay, of course, he's, if he's leading you into a ditch, of course, you don't want to follow his lead then. But if he's trusting the Lord to lead him, then, of course, you want to trust the Lord to follow the lead of your husband. Um, that's what the Lord wants you to do. Now, husbands, um, love your wives and don't be mean to them. When Paul says love your wives, remember what love is, folks. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is not easily angered. Love keeps no records of wrongs. Love never fails, and love keeps no records. Love endures through every circumstance of life. That's what loving your wives looks like. And of course, to love your wives, it's going to be lived from the life-giving Spirit of Christ, dependence on Him, you see. So finding happiness or contentment in Christ is... uh, is what it's all about here. In 1 Corinthians 7.29, we read Paul here. He says, Brothers and sisters, what I mean that the time is short from now on, those who have husbands or a wife should live as if they do not. So that's all he's saying there is, you know, we find our completeness in Christ. Um, My truth sets me free. My truth won't set my wife free. Her truth sets her free. You see, and so we don't cling to each other. We don't depend on each other. We point each other to Christ, okay? And so iron sharpens iron. That's what we want to do in our marriages is point each other to Jesus Christ. Remember, the focal point of all Scripture by choice and design is going to point us to Jesus Christ. So we want to point our spouses to Him. Remember the triangle of marriage. If you take a triangle and you take the husband and wife and you put them at the bottom of the triangle and uh, you say you put God at the top of the triangle, what happens when you take the spouses, the husband and the wife, and you move them closer to dependence on God? Well, of course, they're going to be they're going to become um, they're going to get closer. You see how that's going to work? The husband and wife will get closer to each other. But notice, they're not looking at each other. They're looking at God. Okay. So that's important. Um, And that's called the marriage triangle. Um, And so we want to, uh, you know, even as single people, you know, um, personally speaking, I was single for 17 years as a Christian. And uh, something I learned was contentment is found Um, as a single. That's right. I don't get married to get complete. That's something the enemy will often tell the single Christian. If, you know, if I, if I was just married, I'd be complete. No, you wouldn't because you would be frustrated because that need is met in Christ. Colossians 2.10, the apostle Paul said, and you are complete through your union with Christ. So you don't get married to get complete. We're already complete. See, and so we have something to give 
into the marriage, not take away from the marriage, okay? That's why it's important to understand the love language. Um, I highly recommend, we highly recommend here uh, reading The Five Love Languages. That's a very good book. Um, We're not promoting the book, but that's a book we read in our marriage that helps us understand each other's love language. Okay, and that's the way we tell each other that we love each other. Um, Okay, so it's important to understand your mates or your spouse's love language. Um, So, you know, this is a a single. Like uh, like I was saying, I was a single Christian for 17 years. Um, I'm reading from 1 Corinthians 7. Um, verse 32 through 35, where the Apostle Paul says this about the single man. A single man is concerned about the, the Lord's matters. He wants to know what he, or how he can please the Lord. In other words, that's, that's his only focus. Um, you see, he doesn't have a spouse. He's single. And so he's completely 100% devoted to the Lord and how to please the Lord. And so how do you please the Lord if you're single? Well, you make your body available for him. Um, the Apostle Paul says this in um, Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I, I beseech you, before their brethren, by the mercies of God, that you offer your bodies as living sacrifices, which is your holy and pleasing spiritual act of worship. So we want to make ourselves available, okay, for the Lord if we're single. And what he wants to do is live his life through us. And we participate with him now as we're one with him. Single women, if you're a Christian, you're a single woman, um, you're going to be concerned about the Lord's matters, period. Um, You're going to want to serve the Lord with both body and spirit. Um, That's what Paul is saying. Um, And so, but married Christian women, it's different. From He says, but a married um, Christian woman is concerned about the matters of the world. And she wants to know how she can please her husband. And so she finds out how she can please him. Okay, a husband um, also, a Christian uh, husband um, must also love his wife. Remember what the character of love is. Love is going to be kind and patient. It's not going to be easily angered. It's not going to keep records of wrongs. It's never going to fail. It's going to endure through every circumstance of life. Okay? He must love her just as he loves himself. And a wife must respect her husband. Okay? So respect and love is huge in the marriage. And so, of course, the man requires respect. And the wife... Um, is going to expect love from the husband. Um, but those are the two biggies there, and of course they're going to require dependency on Christ to accomplish that. Okay. And so, and obedience benefits us, by the way. You know, it builds us up. It's not for the other person. Um, so respect from the wife towards the husband is actually for the wife's benefit. So, wives, if you're listening there, um, if you respect your husband, um, you know, and find out what that means and what that looks like, how can you know? Learn how to respect your husband, and when you do that, that will benefit you. Okay. Um, same goes for the husband. 
husbands, you know, speaking to myself here, um, loving our wives um, is going to benefit us. And so that's for our benefit, okay? So obedience benefits us, okay? Um, So when we think about respect um, or respectful living, um, we think about being kind and patient. We endure through uh, tough times. Um, We also remember each other's love language. Um, Your love language, um, women, might not be the same as your husband's love language. So it's important to learn what each other's love language is. Um, Build each other up instead of tearing each other down. Um, My wife says, you know, uh, a bee is much more attracted to honey than vinegar. Okay, making a point there that uh, she doesn't like it when I'm unkind towards her. That just won't work. Okay. Um, um, Husbands, um, you know, it's... uh, that's uh, one thing our wives will respond to is kindness and love. That's, in fact, that's, I believe, the only thing our wives will respond to is love. Okay? Um, so don't tear down and, and um, you know, the way you, wives, the way you respect your husbands, of course, um, when either, you know, when he's there or even more importantly, when he's not there. Practice his presence, okay? Sometimes some, some women in their marriages, they don't even practice their husband's presence while he is still there in their presence. You know, it's like they speak as if he's not even there. That's very disrespectful, okay? Don't expect your husband to love you if you're not going to respect him. And, and so husbands, if we don't love our wives, we can't expect them to respect us, you know? And the thing about it is, Satan's not dead. He's out there in the world. He's, he's out to steal, kill, and destroy marriages. That's what he's out to do. And uh, Jesus even talked about this in John 10. 10, he says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so remember, the enemy, he's out there to tear marriages apart. Wives, if you don't learn how to respect your husband, and that's only going to be through dependency on Christ then Satan will make sure he brings a woman to your husband that will respect him. And she will tell him everything he wants to hear. Okay? And it will pull him away from you. Very important. Husbands, speaking to myself, if I don't learn how to depend on Christ to love my wife, guess what's going to happen? Satan will bring somebody that will love her. Okay? And so that's the way the enemy is going to work. He's going to tear marriages apart that way. And he's not dead. Remember that. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So remember, the Christ life is what we're talking about. We live from the life-giving spirit of Christ to bear his character. That is maturity. Okay? And remember our spouse's love language. My wife's love language is completely different than mine. And so I want to make sure I go through the day and try to, you know, accomplish this by God's grace, um, fulfilling her love language. Okay. And so it could be, 
um, service. It could be um, time spent together. It could be um, gifts. You know, everybody's love language is different. Um, And so remember, love, the character of love is kind. It's patient. It's, it's not easily angered. It doesn't keep records of wrongs. Um, and love endures through every circumstance, and love will never fail. And so be encouraged. Remember, Christian maturity, um, marriage is, the Christian marriage is maturity. So watch out for the right turn, or the left, excuse me, the left turn to comfort. That's right. Satan will put a left turn oftentimes in marriage when God is moving the couple to dependency on Christ and it'll look like comfort you know and so beware be aware of the comfort the comfortable left turn when God is moving the Christian couple to the right called maturity and so marriage is maturity okay and maturity is dependency on Christ thank you this has been marriage theology 101 from Brad <laughs>